You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. I would really like to collate a list of things that I find ridiculous in the wedding planning industry because I think the list is getting longer and longer by the day. And that's not me just being an old, angry old ninny. It's just me realizing that we really are sold a lot of shit when it comes to wedding planning. And uh, I would really like to, well, my endeavor when I plan my wedding podcasts is to provide you with information to make you aware of your choices, really. That's what power is when you know your choices and then you choose to use them. And you're not obliged to do things or buy things because you think that's what you should do. You should be doing what you want to do. That's the whole point of this wedding podcast, the number one wedding podcast. And it is number one because of you, bride chillers, groom chillers, maid chillers, other chillers. So happy to be joined by you today. It is the Friday Quickie where I, well, look, it's really just like Thursday Q&A with a different name. It's like bad but great marketing from my point of view that I'm like, I'll just do another episode where I answer your questions, but I didn't want to call it Friday Q&A. And I like Friday Quickie. It's cute. I'm Alicia, the host of the show. I'm from Australia. I live in London. I talk about weddings. And uh, soon, Rich and I will be launching our couples podcast. It's not called Couples Podcast. We will be announcing the name just as soon as we get all our graphics and logos done. (laughs) It's really hard and we're going to talk about this in a second. I use, uh, I, you know, I use all my available times. Not This is not a martyr. This is not a martyr uh, speech I'm about to give you. But it's really, I'm so focused on producing really good content and getting a show that's premium, primo shit, as Australians would say. And I want to make sure we do this properly. And Rich is an architect in his day job. He's very design oriented. He's very detail savvy. And there's no getting any shitty shit by him. So it's interesting when you're now moving, when we're moving together into this project, he's quite particular. And I love that about him. But also, I've been doing this podcast for 18 months. And I know what I'm doing. I think this is, I've got systems in place. Jess, my lovely VA and I, we work together to get shit done. And you know, this has been a different exercise in compromise, starting a podcast with your husband. So the announcement is we'll announce the name of it. We'll do a landing page so you can sign up for information and also we'll be doing a giveaway for the launch of the podcast. So just stay in touch. I'll obviously tell you all about it. But let's uh, look, let's stop talking. Let's get to our first question. It is from Maria. Now, Maria has left me a voice message, but she's also written an email. I just wanted to share a bit of the email. Um, She said, I think we exchanged emails last summer when I suggested Reddit and the wedding planning subreddit. And I wanted to thank Maria because I actually spoke about that yesterday in the uh, Thursday Q&A episode. I really have embraced that forum. And I know that our lovely listener Deirdre had said she's been on some forums that have been sort of shit where people diss each other. And so far, my experiences on the Reddit sub wedding, the wedding subreddit, Jesus, sub, (laughs) I'm not going to get it right. Reddit, wedding subreddit. Does that make sense? Reddit people? Fuck. What an old lady. They've been quite positive. That's all I'm saying. So she continues and says, uh, uh, I thought I'd send you my question in voicemail form so that you might get a chance to use it on the podcast. Yes, I am. Also, just wanted to take the opportunity to say I'm really thankful for all your advice and for being an entrepreneur role model. Not only has your podcast 
greatly helped me in the wedding planning, but it's also taught me that wanting something and working for it always pays off. I really hope this can become your full-time gig because you do a phenomenal job. Can't wait to hear back from you, Maria. Now, on a personal note, Maria, that was really, like, I was delighted to read that and to hear that you think of me in that way because I have so many entrepreneurial, can't even say the word, role models. I love Shalene Johnson. I love Marie Forleo, uh, Jess Lively. These are women that have really encouraged me and from afar. They don't know me from a pile of shit, but I look up to them and I've learned so much from them. I've absorbed everything they deliver, whether it be podcasts and blogs. I'm so focused on this and I'll tell you why. For my whole career, in the day job, I work in TV. And then also in Australia, When before we moved to the UK, I live in London, if you're new to the show. Uh, but when I was in Australia, I had an agent. I'm a stand-up comedian. I performed. I did a lot of television. But really, my thing was, my whole career, and this is probably just a little sidebar into looking, trying to change perspectives a little bit and looking at celebrity and TV stars and all that sort of bullshit, Because when you break it down, your whole career is sort of controlled by agents and casting agents and producers and people that aren't you. You have to wait for the gigs. Yes, you can create your own content. And that's what I did for years. I did comedy festival shows. I did stand-up. I was writing pilots. I'm proactive, as you would know. But I always felt really trapped by the sense that my career really laid in the hands of auditions and whether you were hot right now or not right now. And I found that frustrating. And I know I've got a number of friends who are in the business who are finding that frustrating, especially as you get older. Now, I'm not an old broad, but I ain't 21. And I do find that very frustrating that you are basically in their hands to decide if they're going to give you the gig or not, or you know, you have to go back and do another 400 auditions, which I enjoyed, but I was also like, my career is not in my own hands. So when I started doing this podcast, I actually realized this could be a business. And because of you writing encouraging emails and sending donations and really feeling that I was helping you and expressing that to me, it really made me realize that this can be a viable thing. I can eventually, hopefully do this, eventually, hopefully, that's not very good business talk. I am, my goal is to do this as a full-time job and adding the other podcasts to it, I feel like I can start my own little big empire. I know that this is something I love doing and when you find something that you love and that you want to put every second of the day into, that should be something that you want to pursue. So yeah, I still go to my day job, but my brain, to be honest, sorry day job people, my brain is with you with this podcast, thinking what I can deliver, what I can come up with to help you and to help create something that's fun, entertaining, but also informative and hopefully changing lives without sounding like a big, massive tool. That's my speech for you. But Maria, when you said that, it really little gave me a little positive chip because i that's what I endeavor to do. So thank you. Anyway, Maria, here is your voice message. Hi, Alicia. This is Maria. I am contacting you from Atlanta, Georgia. I originally found your podcast by searching in the podcast app Wedding, and yours popped up. And I've been listening since about May 2015, and I absolutely loved your podcast since the beginning. Um, You and I have exchanged a couple of tweets, and 
Rich has read one of my tweets in your podcast. And I just decided to join the bandwagon of sending in a voicemail because my fiancé Jefferson and I have been struggling with the concept or the thought of videography. So most of our vendors we've got nailed down, including photography, which is a big deal for us. But we've been on the fence about videography because we don't really see the value in it. And when we're shopping around and we request quotes from videographers, what we're getting is between $1,500 and $2,000, which is a lot of money. Definitely more than we budgeted for video. And we just wanted to get your opinion on, you know, is videography worth it? Do you think there are alternatives that might be cheaper in terms of video? Um, Did you have a videographer on your wedding? Um, If you did not, do you have any regrets or any suggestions for us? Also, on the brainstorming phase of figuring out an option for video, we started thinking about drone videos and aerial videography, and we thought that that might be a cheaper alternative, but we really don't know a lot about it. We don't know how common it is, and we really haven't shopped around for prices. Do you have any experience or knowledge with this? Um, Is there any suggestions that you have? I would just love to get your opinion on this matter. But other than that, I just want to say thank you for all the time you put into this podcast. Um, It is very cool to see an entrepreneur follow what they want, and it's very inspiring. And it makes me very happy to listen to you on my commute. So thank you. Love listening to you and looking forward to the podcast and more to come. Maria, thank you so much for that message. And look, firstly, drone, this is just to answer that question very quickly, drone uh, videography is very new. And actually in TV, drones have been used quite a bit recently in lots of property shows and, um, you know, all these sort of, you see these big swooping shots. And drones are amazing. If you don't know what a drone is, basically, it's I'm not talking about bam, bam, boom, boom, war drones, although they're the same thing. They're basically a flying object that you can attach a camera to that are most of the time quite like virtually silent. And they're driven, driven, they're maneuvered by a remote control. And uh, drone videographers, especially professionally in the television and film industry, a really hot property at the moment. So there are lots of ways that you don't necessarily need to then use a jib or a crane. So if you've seen films being used, they have a big massive crane that they attach a camera to and swoop down and do all these amazing shots. And now that's sort of becoming a bit dormant. You don't really need to have those those pieces of equip, equipment. You can have a drone operator who can fly in and uh, capture amazing sequences. If you have seen the latest James Bond film, which I didn't personally think was amazing, but I still enjoy a Bond film, the whole first sequence, I think it was set in um, the Day of the Dead celebrations, and it was one shot, and it was all shot on a drone, and it followed uh, James Bond around uh, through these sort of celebrations, and that's how they did it. It's it's very clever and uh, very futuristic. Anyway, that's just a bit of me geeking out in film and TV land. However... Looking at a drone for a wedding, I think if you have access to a drone and a drone operator and they want to have a bit of a crack and a bit of fun, sure, have a go at it. But to be honest, drones only really work if you want to sort of do a big zoom out of all all the people at your wedding and you want to film that, great. 
if you're in a particularly spectacular location, if you're on a cliff or on a beach or something, and someone has a drone that they uh, can film and do some sort of really big scenic shots, amazing. But to be honest, at the moment, unless I'm proven otherwise, and if you are a drone operator or a videographer listening to the show and you would like to send a message to explain the value and virtues of using a drone at the moment, I would encourage it. But I would say... This is, you know, it's techie shit that's great. It looks amazing, but is probably unnecessary. Which brings me to videography. I know a lot of people here would find massive value in having a wedding video. Rich and I did not. Now, this is this is the only clause in this, this story. We were not going to pay for videography. We had, as you would all know, quite a tight budget. And for us, photography was really where it was at. We had friends with iPhones. We knew that people would probably video stuff. But to be honest, I've never seen a video of our wedding, except, and this is the big except, I was a host on a TV show at the time, and they did come along and film a sort of one and a half minute package of the wedding. Just, you know, it was like the two hours. Um, it wasn't even two hours. It was the ceremony, and then also a little bit of the drinks and photos afterwards, and then they left. And they they edited it into a short package so they could show our viewers, which was really nice. And we got to see that package and we still have it. However, I've watched that maybe once or twice. And that's generally been when um, our parents wanted a copy of it. And God knows where that's gone now, probably in a drawer somewhere. The point is, if we hadn't had access to that, we would never have paid for it. That is our personal decision. We're not the sort of people that really sit around and go back through videos and would say, let's watch the wedding video every year. It just isn't our bag. But then also we're not people that are big anniversary celebration people. We just really enjoy each other's company and and say, you know, like we've said before, no vomiting please, that every day is a bit of an anniversary. We really love each other. We really have a good time and we don't need these sort of big milestones because mm, it's just nice being married every day. However, Maria, I sort of think you might have answered your own question in the beginning of your voicemail, you said, I don't think we really see much value in videography. And that to me is the answer. If you don't really think it's necessary and you've got photography booked, and I think that's really important, then I would say put the videography to bed. And also maybe you could ask a couple of people that have good, you know, Android or iPhone 6, you know, something with a bit of a higher res um, options to say, if you want to capture a couple of videos in the day, then we'd be grateful to receive them so we just have uh, some memories of it. With videography, and there are lots of very talented videographers out there, and actually I've got a couple of TV friends that have left television and have gone to wedding videography and make a shit ton more money doing that than they ever would in broadcast television, which says something. But basically they spend a lot of time filming, you know, these are the good high-end ones that you would spend a couple of thousand dollars on, they spend a lot of time probably with two, a two-camera setup and they would go back home or to their offices and edit the video together with a montage and photos and uh, text and music and then eventually deliver a packaged uh, video for you, which is usually between sort of two and ten minutes of the day. Now, that's a lot of work, so I want to defend the price of videographers that – to create something of quality and of worth, it does take time and that's what you're paying for. But also, if you have no real interest in sitting and watching that again and having that captured, then I would say get a friend to walk around with an iPhone, get some grabs, 
get some funny moments and put it to bed. Maria, as we'd say in Australia, in the Australian theatre industry, chookers. That means good luck. Use that, everyone. It's very fun. And thank you for the voice message. And uh, I really appreciate your sentiments, especially when it comes to the business stuff. More after this Momo. Hi, Alicia. My name is Liz. I am calling from Toronto, Canada. I'm currently walking in a bit of slush um, on my way to work. So um, I was just wanting to let you know, uh, first of all, that I love your podcast. And I am uh, so grateful for all the work that you've done and all the info, the great info that you and your guests provide for us uh, wanting to be bright chillers. I'm so sorry to interrupt, Liz, but I just want to acknowledge that you are super bright chiller and you are getting shit done. And I love a person that says, I'm going to leave a voicemail. I'm going to power walk to work. I'm going to get stuff done. And I'm assuming you might listen to me while you're working, walking to work. It's hard to say. In the slush in Canada. Gosh, I hope it gets warm again soon. Um, And it's lovely to hear from you. And I love a multitasker. I have such big respect. Liz, keep talking. I can definitely say that I have taken a couple of ideas from the podcast. Some of which are... um, I've told some of my bridesmaids and family members. And they think they're amazing. Um, Including the donating of our wedding flowers. So I am actually going to be... Um, planning that out and I'm very grateful because that idea came from your podcast so thank you that is my pleasure Liz and I'm so happy that you're taking me up on that offer it is such a lovely gesture and such a logical thing to do that I'm crazy balmy crazy about people that do it but also going why wouldn't you do it because a lot of the venues just chuck your flowers out if you don't take them home with you or give them to your guests they go in the gash the trash the bin so um The big thing is, if you are interested in donating your flowers to a hospice, a hospital, a care home, an aged care facility, the list goes on. There are hundreds of wonderful community organizations that will come and pick up the flowers from your venue and deliver them to their community organizations and make people happy. It's really nice for people in hospitals, especially old age, like old care, aged care facilities, and people that might not necessarily have family members and friends coming to visit them, but to have fresh flowers in their room. These are little things that make people feel loved and, uh, you know, feel like someone's there and to bring a little bit of the outside in, especially for people that aren't able to get outside, breathe fresh air, enjoy themselves. So Liz, it's great to see that you have pursued that and I hope people listening will also consider doing that and google in your local area where you're getting married ways that you can donate the flowers that's my community service for today but i also wanted to um although my wedding is not too far away um it's going to be in june i am i guess you can say 90 percent or so done with all the wedding planning but i have uh now have a bit of a hiccup and I just wanted to see what you are, would suggest. We sent out our wedding invitations. I would probably say uh, towards the end of February. Because a lot of my family is coming from outside of Canada. And I have only received 38 RSVPs back attending. One decline. 
So I guess in total I've received only 39 responses. I have put down that I would like to get all the RSVPs back by May 1st. My fiancé and I are, uh, I wouldn't say panicking, but we're a bit concerned as to why, you know, we have such little responses, uh, especially considering the fact that we sent out enough invitations for 155 people. So out of 155, we've only received about 39. So I just wanted to know what you would suggest that we do. But because it's such a small percentage of what we sent out, we're wondering if at this point we should start to call people. Should we start to contact them or, you know, I don't know. And, and if so, should we start to do that now? Should we give them more time? Should we contact only the people that now we know we really want there? And then maybe the Bs, the group B, I guess you can say, maybe don't contact them and just assume it's a no. Um, but yeah, we just want to know what you would suggest that we do since we are pretty close to the end. Um, any suggestions are much appreciated. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for, again, for everything that you do and all the suggestions and info you provided for us. And, um, I can't wait to hear your response. Thank you and happy days. Another amazing happy days entry, which makes me very happy myself. This is a really good question. Last week, if you remember, Liz, I was talking about RSVPs. I'm going to do an episode specifically about this and etiquette surrounding when you can contact people. I think you're perfectly in your rights, especially if people are late. Now, I do know you sent this a little while ago, so this might have resolved itself a little bit. But I find that people are really slack and sometimes they do need a bit of a prompt whether they are text messaging prompts or email, depending on how close you are to these people, how often you speak to them. Sometimes, you know, people just assume that you know they're coming. And I think this is close friends who just go, oh yeah, of course I'm coming. And they don't formally do it when you're just like, listen, I'm going to need you to send the form back or tick the box or give me some sort of yes formally. I've got a spreadsheet going. I need to organize this stuff. With such a low response rate, and I don't want you personally, Liz, to feel bad about this because I can guarantee you there are literally thousands of people listening going, I'm in the same position. What is with these people? It's just, it's unfortunately, it's just the way it is. And I think if you are particularly under the pump with time, trying to lock in specific details, and also, as you said, sending secondary invitations if people aren't available and you have a B list which always sounds like it's a bad thing, but it's good if you have people that didn't make the first list that you want to invite, now is the time to make it happen because it's getting really close to your wedding date. So I would really advise to pick up the phone, send a text, WhatsApp them, whatever way you normally communicate and just say, look, so sorry to bother you, but we are really trying to finalize details and we'd appreciate if you could just respond, whether that be verbally right now, are you coming or not? or send in the information because we really want to lock some stuff down and uh, there are details that are needing a response. That's basically it. I think you get to the point where it's bordering on rude if they don't respond and you have the right to just say, we need an answer. Obviously do it in bride chiller mode. Be really polite, but also fun and also realize, make them realize that yes, being a part of your wedding at this very current juncture may not necessarily be top of mind for them, but also if they want to come and they want a seat and they want a drink in their hand, you're going to have to know if they're coming or not. 
very simple response, Liz, but I hope it's helpful to you. And uh, I hope your people get their asses into gear. I really find it a bit, you know, bemusing that people are so casual about this stuff. And I'm not saying that everyone should be as stoked and excited about your wedding as you are because they're not going to be. Just true story. You put a lot more effort in. You're way more excited about your big day until you get to it than most people you're inviting. But also, it's just common decency to reply and uh, be... I don't know, be polite. Just basic. Manners are the foundation of society. I truly believe it. Liz, thank you so much for your message. And uh, I really wish you luck. I also would like to thank Maria for her message today. Two very solid, solid voice messages. Stoked with that. Are you enjoying the podcast? If you are, could I ask you to possibly leave me an iTunes review. I've received some lovely reviews recently. They really help me spread the word, get it out there, and convince other bride chillers and groom chillers to hit the subscribe button and give me a burl, a red hot go. Hope you're having a fantastic week. Until Monday's episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, I thank you. I encourage you to purchase a t-shirt, a tote, a mug, something with bride chiller written on it. And if you have purchased... Share a photo with your family and friends. Tag me in it and I will share with the world. I love you all. Thank you so much. Until next week, happy days.